0: Hello, welcome to Popmosis Film, the show that asks the question, what happened to... Oh, I didn't even say it right. I had this all planned out in my head and I said it wrong. <laughs> I wrote it down and everything, but I didn't look at my notes. What happened to... No,
1: <laughs> what oh. became... What a... happened
0: What happened to our fourth earth? host? Just kidding. Oh. I, had this... <laughs> I had the rhythm planned out. I even said it aloud earlier. What became of Death Becomes Her? Uh, couldn't oh. say it right. <laughs> I'm pulling a out over here.
2: Yeah, totally, totally. You're doing, yeah. Probably just cut this out.
0: I never, it's yeah. I it's less very, to try to, there's yeah, very much the best stuff out. Out
2: of character right here. No one for you is out of character. It's like, you're supposed to be a stable one.
0: <laughs> you know, yeah. like, which tells you the <laughs> the horror uh that the show the level of terror that everyone listening should reside in that I am the stable one. Yeah, you are the stable one. Bad news for the world.
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> so I am Josiah and I am a writer with a master's in writing from USC, which kind of relates we'll get back to that. And I am joined by my co-host Tyler and Paul. So say hi guys.
1: Hello. <laughs> hi, good evening.
2: Good evening. Hi, Phyllis, <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I enjoyed this movie. I think it's great.
0: <laughs> I was what are good you doing? a second ago. Now I'm. That... Yeah, yeah. That was yeah, like that I, was like no, no, intense. No, it, was
1: to...
2: it didn't land. It didn't land. It didn't
1: land. <laughs> that was like, that was some Paul Smr. So all right, Paul Smer. Paul <laughs> Smer. I hope we're
2: gonna edit this out. This is like not very good.
1: No.
0: Stop Keeping asking it all for in. things to be edited out. It stays. So let's just jump right into this movie. It is Death Becomes Her, released July 31st, 1992, directed by Robert Zemeckis. And the reason I mentioned the USC thing today is he is a fellow USC alum, uh, yes. written by Martin Donovan, uh, who wrote a lot of old-school TV. The guy's like an old-school TV writer, if you look up his credits. And David Kep, who is most famous mm-hmm. for Jurassic Park and later Spider-Man, who's a big-time guy. Produced by Steve Starkey, who is Zemeckis' producer, kind of going back to... Uh, Back to the Future and Roger Rabbit. I think he was like an associate producer, but he's he's still. If you look at the credits, he the guy still works together. And Robert Zemeckis is the other producer. Starring Meryl Streep, Bruce Willis, Goldie Hawn, and of course Isabella Rossellini in there. At a budget of fifty five million dollars. It opened at twelve million, only twelve million, and made only fifty eight million in the U S. But it did make one forty nine. Worldwide, so and as we go, we'll talk about. I have a list of VFX people that I want to get to because it's obviously very important, and that's for me. That's the significance of this film. I mm-hmm. have actually never seen it before watching it for this episode, and that surprised me that I hadn't because it was. Re- it's a really important film, special effects wise. I yes. first was aware of it because it's really funny too. Paul and Tyler both know this. I've been digitizing a lot of old VHS stuff and kind of digging through the content that I recorded off the television. There was one videotape that I had that said special effects show that I recorded right around this time. And that show, unfortunately I recorded over it with something else. So it's something completely different (laughs) was on there. It wasn't a special effects show, but I remember distinctly that special effects show. It talked about the special effects in here, both the practical and the digital effects, which were very much groundbreaking. And so it's funny that I was so excited. I knew what it was. And that move, I remember this It's, you know, it's not the type of movie you associate with visual effects. But
1: can I can I say something real quick that Paul and I talked about was that like so when I came up with so this was actually like my pick for us to do because it was getting off of HBO Max at the end of the month. And I was and so I watched this for the first time two weeks ago and I and it I it blew my mind. And I was like, hey, guys, I think we should do Death Becomes Her. Because it's groundbreaking. It's a gorgeous movie. Like uh we were talking about the sound the the, the effects and everything. And then what happens like not I even mean, three days ago, but uh, if you're watching this, you probably know who the Corridor crew are. Uh they do a breakdown of this movie. And it's the weirdest thing because I haven't heard of this movie since like mid like like the early 2000s were big. this is like the last time i even heard anybody say anything about it saw anything promotional for it like nobody cared about this movie for the longest time and so i watched this movie on hbo max on a whim and then now corridor crew do a whole breakdown of this, the special effects three days ago and it's the weirdest like coincidence of like yeah. everything so i it was just crazy and i just wanted to share that yeah the timing so.
2: was really yeah, yeah that yeah, was pretty same. weird i don't know that happens sometimes but hey you know it's funny out of the three of us i actually grew up with dev becomes Her, my parents had this on vhs and i would watch it every once in a while and i loved it uh it's like uh i just grew up with this movie so i watch it all the time and like i didn't understand why it was good but i loved it I love the tone of it, how it's like yeah. this dark sense of humor. And like, I love how like, you know, in Meryl Streep or Goldie Hawn, they die and like they kind of are flopping around or like trying to hold their head up. Uh, it's like all this macabre shit that happens in the movie that like, uh, I was probably like 12, or this came out 92, right? It was 92. About 11 or 12 at the time when I saw it. And it just like, it, perfectly my my kind of sensibilities. So yeah, I grew up with Death of the Combs and when like Tyler uh you know mentioned like hey uh let's watch death becomes her i was like finally a good idea for tyler <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like, it's like oh good good job like i'm proud of you tyler. i did it i i did it guys you I did, did it for did it. once for once so yeah no i have to give you credit it was a good movie i really enjoyed it no it was a yeah. great
0: choice it's funny though like uh for me i kind of in a similar to tyler but even longer i hadn't thought about this movie since it I first heard about it in the early 90s when it was a big deal for these special effects. And I am so glad that I finally got to see it and experience it and really enjoy it. And even I was watching it and Judy, she's like, oh, I've seen this movie a bunch of times. And like that never happens with these things. Judy has never seen something more than me, let alone several times. So that shocked me in and of itself. So I'm glad to finally experience this movie.
1: (laughs) One thing that just blew my mind of this movie, just right off the bat, I re I-, I knew that Bruce Willis did some comedy and of course he's shown up in some w- Wes Anderson movies. I never in a thousand years thought that nineties Bruce Willis would do this film. Like, and it was refreshing. I thought he was like, I-, I I thought he was great in this movie. And I I just huge, huge, huge mind. Just like my like, mind blown moment of just man.
0: I thought he was good, but I also thought he was the weak link because I feel I feel mm-hmm. like it was Bruce Willis kind of sort of trying to play Woody Allen or something. So it didn't <laughs> work as well as I would have wanted, but he's still good. and he, he's funny. No, but I love that. It's it's, yeah. it's 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 a weird it's a weird it's it's very much a weird choice for him to even do the movie mm-hmm. like you said because he was, you know, pre Die Hard and we talked about Die Hard at length. On a previous episode, he was a comedy television actor, and then by yep. the time this movie comes out, it's a, a veer back to that comedy direction where he is now a movie action star. By '92, he is probably now one of the biggest stars in the world. And, and for Bruce Willis, it was an interesting choice. Kind of, he was the, basically one of the biggest action stars at the time. He was Arnold, yeah. and he was up there with those guys. And here you have him going back to comedy, veering back in that direction, which is very much a surprising choice. So, of course. And I didn't hate him, but I, again, I, I think, again, I'm calling him the weak link, but yeah. it's because Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep are so very good at this. So, so agreed. very good. Agreed. Agreed 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think of it
2: this way, though. I, I think as an ensemble, they're very strong, and you kind of need that street man to make the ensemble between Meryl Streep and ha- Goldie Hawn work. So I've got to see them as an ensemble. I think they work really well together. Um, so yeah. I don't really see like Bruce Willis as a weak link more so than
0: more of a straight man. Kind of, like, but guy. he's not... I think the reason he's not a good straight man to me or at least a less than ideal straight man is because he's too cool. He's Bruce Willis. Well, the he funny thing is... He just exudes it. Like, this is the first... Like, I saw Moonlighting at first when I was a
2: kid and then I saw this and then I didn't see Die Hard until like maybe five years later. So my my, my first thought of Bruce Willis' as a comedy, so I saw him as a comedy guy, and that's why, like... Oh! I was used to him as a comedy guy before he was an action star, and so I was the opposite. I was like, whoa, th- he's a great action star. That's weird. He was, like, such a milquetoast guy in Death Becomes Her. Like, this is so bizarre. I was, like, in the reverse. Like, how I saw Akira before Blade Runner. Like, that kind of thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I'm just wired differently, I guess. I don't know. But, um... You, you, yeah, you just...
1: You, you just... Yeah, like, you, you just you're you're like a like a different timeline kind of thing where Yeah, like absolutely. different different
2: decisions. <laughs> like what's that thing with the uh with the
0: alternate timeline? You know, it's like the um you're in a timeline where they didn't replace the infinity stones. Captain well, go back there's, and there's, put it back. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, but there's a term
2: for it. It's like the something syndrome or something. Uh...
0: Evil Paul? I don't. Yeah, yeah, maybe.
2: I don't know, the mirror universe. I, I don't know, but there's a, a term. Anyway, um, yeah, I love this movie, uh, I, I, I love the acting choices of it, like, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't really understand what was going on in the movie, like, I understand the story, but I understand, like, the dark humor of it, and, yeah. like, I love at the very beginning when he's, like, um, everybody's, like, watching Madeline, you know, do her show, and everybody's, like, oh, god, this is awful. And like bored and, and and you know sleeping, and then you see you, you the camera pans and you see Bruce Willis and he's like totally captivated, and Goldie Hawn's looking at him like oh god he's gonna he's gonna you know lose that Madeline test he's like totally captivated by her, and they go in the dressing room and he's like in love like he's just like whoa look at her,
0: and I'll say my like criticism of Bruce and Willis aside that moment was the his best moment in the film right at the beginning it sets up the dynamic and he did that so well when he is mm-hmm. cheering and everyone's just filing out that was so good he was great in that moment and that moment at least bruce willis was definitely the best choice yeah for the it, part.
1: <laughs> it was weird seeing bruce willis hyper for once that was just <laughs> yeah, really yeah, strange <laughs> I was like, shouldn't you be saving the president's daughter or something? And, like, what's what's going on here? And I think it, it,
2: it, the funny thing is, like, it sets up the first really good joke, and it's like, "Oh, Helen, don't worry, I'm not interested in Madeline." Jump cut, married, yeah. like walking yeah. through the dun
1: dun, yeah. dun 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 dun. <laughs> exactly. Like, really,
0: this this is this film is in a lot of ways. We talk. We, we'll we'll talk more about the effects and the revolution, the the yeah. significance of that, but. In terms of filmmaking, it's really like a master class. If you look at it in terms of direction, cinematography, editing, and for Tone. me, obviously, as a writer, it's so well written. It, the, the jokes are so smoothly written that I, yeah, I haven't read the script, but it feels like on the page, it was just probably, I'm assuming it's all there. You know, you don't improvise with a movie mm-hmm. that then has these this kind of practical and special oh, visual effects tacked onto it. It was just so, so good. Everything was so clever. Everything was so well set up and so well structured. I was watching it and I was so impressed that the real core, uh, like the action of the movie, if you really think about what the real plot is, doesn't start until 30, 40 minutes in when they then plot to kill her and all that. That's when the real action kicks in. But the first 30, 40 minutes of that, it's setting up character and everything in it works So even though the, the plot really gets kicked in at that point, it's nothing in there is missed. Nothing in there is extra. There's no, there's not too much fat on there. Uh, And again, now I'm going to, I'm going to go. I'm I'm like, Bruce Willis is the weak link and here. I'm going to praise him again. There's that moment in the, in the limousine when they're driving up and they're just quiet. And she's like, and it's just silence. And then it's like, can you not breathe? And that's all they say. And I don't know how long that scene is, but it's so, so good. It's, it's the, it's the combination of, Setting up a great scene, shooting it perfectly, so you just linger there for the perfect amount of time, and then one unbelievably great actor, actress, and one really good actor that just everything was just that moment nailed it for the whole movie that, that set everything up in terms of their relationship so 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 simply. Yeah, I
1: I I agree with you. Like out of the three, I think I mean Goldie Hawn is a comedic. Like like God, like she's unbelievable. I I I love her in every single comedy movie that she was in, and she just always nails them. I mean she's 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 a comedy God. And, and Meryl just real quick, Streep to is jump just, on that with oh. Goldie
0: Hawn before you go on the Meryl Streep. I just really watching this back. Poor Goldie Hawn doesn't get the love for movies she did in the eighties and early nineties. That just her comedy like is fantastic. Yeah. So many movies I can't think of the one where she's the Girl Scout troop lady and. Uh, the one uh, Overboard with uh, oh, her, Overboard. Russell, like her comedy, top, top notch. Just, she, and Absolutely. I feel like it doesn't get enough. We need to do some episodes on those films, but Goldie yeah. Hawn, definitely an all time great comedic actress. So now you can talk God. about Meryl Streep.
1: <laughs> oh, you're fine. I would love to talk about Overboard. <laughs> um And I, I, but like Meryl Streep was so fantastic in this film where like, I, I didn't really know that she did too much in comedy, but of course it was back then when she was getting started. I mean, of course she was and uh i mean she also did a lot of drama stuff like back then i mean she did she, what, like, was, i what think was...
0: this is really i would say for her it's kind of the this is the bruce willis equivalent of oh i can do comedy too she at this point probably won mm. like 57 oscars oh. going back <laughs> to like at least the deer hunter the first the first yeah, the thing i hunter, remember her right. in the deer hunter and then mm-hmm. everything you know some really fantastic work in the 80s and i'm sure she won a handful of oscars along the way and i'm pretty sure yeah. she, uh yeah like
1: i mean she she just knows how to act like she just yeah. give her anything i mean she could be batman she would be the best <laughs> batman i think if they if if they gave her that and but like i agree with you like i love Bruce willis i think he's great in this movie but compared to these two yeah. titans like yeah he you know
2: i mean here yeah. here's an example of meryl streep daphne is like uh when she's at the um the clinic with chapal's or whatever it is she's like talking to the receptionist and she's like, uh, you know, we only can do this treatment once every six months. And she's like, Oh, well it's about time and uh like, No, you were just here like two weeks ago. What are you talking about? And uh so they have a, they're having a back and forth and uh she like approaches her like a kind of like a junkie almost, like she's like a addicted to youth and very vain. <laughs> and she's like she's like bargaining and like it's it's an interesting scene how like she goes through a range of emotions trying to use her charm. Like she's like First, like trying to sympathize with her, or like trying to draw sympathy, and then, it, and then, but she goes through a range of emotions. It's like she's bargaining. She's like, "Hey, you know, I could pay you whatever you want. Like, let me have the treatment." And um, and then she like the blocking is really good because like the, the receptionist, she like moves aside, and you see the guy that recommends uh, the uh, fountain of youth people or whatever, Isabella Rossellini's people, and um, what I really like is uh, how the receptionist she had like this fake French accent the whole time and as soon as the her boss is like get the fuck out of here she like has like a Brooklyn accent or something like this whole movie has like a really strong sense of duality like everybody's so fake yeah Yeah. absolutely there's just a really strong sense of duality like the public face versus what the reality you know like yes so and I think that's really interesting and they carry that whole theme through the whole movie it's very thematically rich and uh so I, I really enjoyed that. And uh yeah, just that acting choice is like amazing though, to be act like you know, to apply like that sort of like junky mentality or like that sort of to this is like just a a, a great acting choice. Like just, yeah, like what like just like I said, watching this is like a master class on many levels, like filmmaking, acting, even like for animation, there's so many acting choices that I like jotting down notes like, oh I, I should do this, I should do that. Because it's so mm. great, it's like so, it's
0: awesome, though. So. And Meryl Streep in this, in particular, it was very much the whole movie. It's a throwback to like a Betty yeah. Davis type of thing, and all like it's a very has that that vibe. Um, the Sunset Boulevard strong vibe of Sunset Boulevard was a great parallel to this movie. This is almost, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's almost like you could see this existing in the same universe as that movie. So almost it's like a, like just really 80s, cool to see you know. a modern, I, a modern, actually, a modern take, you know, that's now 30 years old, but a modern take on it.
1: You know, I, I actually would equate and no, I, I if I would have put this like in, in some universe, I would put this in the universe of Beetlejuice. Like, <laughs> and I, I think like that, what I was talking about before where like, We, you know, before we recorded one thing I said, like, when I was watching this movie, I was baffled. I was like, this is, this is awesome. Like, I was like, who is this Tim Burton wannabe? (laughs) And then when the credit came up on the end, because I missed the beginning credits, I guess, or I wasn't paying attention. And it says, directed by Robert Zemeckis. I was like, oh, I was completely off. (laughs) I was like, oh man, he's the guy that, that Tim Burton wants to be. And, and that was a weird thing. And so, like, with all, with the, with the fantasy and the weirdness of it and, and, um, honestly, like, The music sounded like I know it wasn't, or it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't Danny Elfman, right? I don't believe so. I mean, it sounded like it. Like everything about this movie, it's like it felt so much like a Tim Burton movie, which I guess would have been a really big deal at the time after Batman, Batman Returns coming out the same year, uh, Beetlejuice, and a few other things. So like, I don't know, it's weird. Well, the
0: tone of it definitely did. The music was very reminiscent of. I can't think of the movie, but again, it's like another. There's a lot of referential things that are throwbacks to these older sort of screwball comedies or these dark comedies that are from a bygone era and this was definitely not the era for that movie as you can see by yeah. sort of what it did at the I box mean, office it's,
2: it's almost like a 30s like soap opera really the way the acting choices are they can, they kind of go to caricature so that the dark elements can kind of be smoothed out and more accepted like you know because you have spouses trying to murder each other and plan the demise and all this like really dark material but they balance it so well because these act these actors go to caricature and like you know like yeah, but like Goldie mm. hunt she's eating Cheetos and like there's all these cats all over the place, and she's like watching as like Goldie hunt or uh Meryl street dies in the in the video, but it's like very like ex- like very exaggerated, but they do that just like kind of bounce things out and i think it's like I don't know the movie's amazing and I'm kind of gushing,
1: yeah, of it. course, <laughs> yeah, you know you know what it it's <laughs> this is so sad I didn't know this because I love both films uh I was going to say, like, a lot of it also reminds me so much of Romancing the Stone, and uh, of course i look it up, and that's also a Robert Zemeckis film. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ro- so, um, Robert Zemeckis so-
0: is really, uh, it's funny because one thing uh, I mentioned the USC connection, I, I just looked up, he-, he graduated from SC in like 72 or something like that. And I, I never equated him as being as closely connected to the Spielberg. Even though Spielberg didn't go to SC, he's essentially one of the SC guys because he hung out with John Milius and all these other guys, like George Lucas, obviously. Mm-hmm. But those guys were just a few years earlier in the late 60s. But if you look at Zemeckis' career, it is really very Spielbergian in terms of the types of movies he does and the range of movies he does. And then the thing about Zemeckis, though, is he is always pushing special effects boundaries in movies you might not think about it roger rabbit for example i I loved as a kid and i didn't think of it as a groundbreaking special effects thing i just thought well cartoons and people great and that was revolutionary for what they were able to achieve and then this movie and obviously later on even with like beowulf and polar express not necessarily my favorite polar polar express is not my favorite christmas movie but what Pushing the boundaries of the motion capture and all that stuff that then Spielberg would later use in Tintin. So you see, I just it's interesting to look at his career, even though in my mind he was much younger than those guys. He he was was not, but he was just kind of behind them, making a lot of. And like if you go back to his first movie, Use Cars. The com- like comedy, the, the the stuff that he's done. Back to the Future, obviously, which we haven't even mentioned. Of course. The the the, effects, now, okay, I'll, I'll the go story. Back,
1: I would go back and like to mention Romancing the Stone. I just think that's a, one of the... I, I love that
2: film. No, Sorry. great, yeah. But, but Yeah, yeah, well, Robert Zemeckis very much has like a, a Spielbergian kind of style.
0: But no, but it again... It no flavor
2: to it. And...
0: But what Tyler said is very, very, very true that I didn't really connect it until you mentioned it, but I saw it all over this film. It's a... It's, it's a zemeckis's most burton-esque film for sure there are so yeah. many things just like the the mansion that isabella rossellini's in the way the, the way it's sort of dressed, oh, yeah, and set. Yeah. and then there's some later on in the film when bruce willis is like trying to escape and he's up in the top the the gothic nature of that place there's these great matte painting shots there that are sort of the that's the end of yeah it's very that that gothic style but something that tim burton would absolutely have in every one of his movies 57 times so i totally see it and i felt it and now that you said it i'm like oh yeah that's that's it for sure it's 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 like like a castle
2: in edward scissorhands with a doctor price it's kind of like that a little bit and um stylistically like uh, yeah tim burton is
0: one No, if it's in any universe it's in the universe of edward scissorhands i like that yeah i I, I, I actually
2: yeah (laughs) i i I
1: always forget about that film i'm not gonna lie um no absolutely i i I think with like this i I think why i i can't believe this movie is not as of a big of a deal as it is i can't believe people are still not like honestly like kind of talking about it there's a lot of other movies from the 90s that people talked about that were that were that were very groundbreaking, and I cannot believe that I have not heard or even thought about this film. You know, I remember saying the one scene where Meryl Streep snaps her neck back you know when she uh you know when she gets hit with a shovel uh and when I was a kid, and that was the only thing and that scarred my memory that scared the shit out of me i was like I think uh I guess I was like five years old because so I was born eighty eight came out ninety two it was on h b o or it was on t v so it was like I was like five or six and scared the ever loving crap out of me. And that's all I knew about this. But you know, like, that's all I remember. I didn't remember it was Meryl Streep. Like, it was I was surprised it was Meryl because like, you know, she's all in the on the uh you know like in in the promo it's Goldie Hawn with the with the uh with the candles and uh you know with with the hole and then Meryl Streep is turned around in her in her in her in her head is like I just didn't put two and two together or also it just doesn't look like Meryl Streep I mean they did so much makeup made it, I mean she looked amazing in this film like she looked like Meryl Streep but also if you're not looking for Meryl Streep you're not going to notice it's Meryl Streep maybe that's just me it's I like the
0: know. Meryl Streep wears Waldo but it's like, it's like goldie ha- not meryl streep
1: uh no i going to maybe maybe just like brian cox where like <laughs> like they always look different in every single movie like her and julia and julia and then iron lady and then like Mamma mia and okay. then like into the woods she's like is this the same person and i think that brian just speaks cox, though, like to uh,
0: meryl streep though in particular like this is very much at least at that time in particular this is very different than what she'd done before it so it definitely yeah. is and then, and then, because Meryl Streep is Meryl Streep. When you watch Meryl Streep, you forget it's Meryl Streep. She yep. is so transformative as a performer that you forget that it's her. Like Goldie Hawn is a great comedy actress, but you're aware it's Goldie Hawn. Bruce Willis the same thing. Their personalities are so they're they're so big that that is almost what takes over. Not in a bad way at no, all. But, yeah. but with Meryl Streep, she is such an actor that just becomes whatever she's playing. She's like Daniel Day-Lewis and her are probably the most best two parallels. They become the character that they are performing.
1: No, I, I, I agree. There there are some actors, like like a lot of the actors, like Goldie Hahn. like they're just like, listen, you're going to do this great. You're going to do the job perfectly, but we just want you to be Goldie Hahn because that's what sells tickets. Where Meryl yeah. Streep, Daniel Day-Lewis, uh, Timothy um, Spall, like people like that, who they just cast as like, listen... I don't want them to know really who you are just like just become something and like that's what they do you know like and uh, Joaquin Phoenix like that's why they're called character actors where I think the other ones are just like they're actors that do an amazing job but I'm not trying to knock them at all it's a two di- I feel like it's two different kind of styles
2: and the thing about Meryl Streep is like she could be a character actor and a leading actor you know like she could do both mm-hmm. she has such a wide range she could do any genre and no matter what film like no matter what role it is, like she puts 100% into it and it's like uh, a tortured force. Like she never does the same yeah. acting choices. Like she always does something different. She always challenges herself, and it's like, uh, yeah. Like uh, I another movie that I really really love around this time is Defending Your Life. It's one of those movies that are kind of like was lost to time, and you pe- not many people, maybe yeah, people know about that, know that one. And uh, I love Defending Your Life so much, and I hope we do that. We cover that one as well because Mel Streep and um, Albert Brooks are amazing.
1: Oh, Albert Brooks.
2: Um, yeah, I just, uh, you know, one thing that I really like, there's a there's a particular line that I really like uh, how Bruce Willis they called him in and uh, he was being beeped and he goes in the office like, hey man, we need you, um, we need to fix this situation here. And uh, they're like, oh, you know, he died, um, you know, while he was having sex with his, um, this guy died like when he was having sex with his, like, maid and she was like 18 and he's like 60 or something. And, uh... And they go. Um,
1: I like that. That's the detail. I like that. That's the part that you go into great detail.
2: But you see, you see the guy's face, and it's like twisted, like in, like he's like really excited. And and they go to they say to him like, "Hey, you can't give him any character. Uh, you can't give him any character depth. People need to recognize him. And that's such like a, a, a good throw uh, throw line through like the whole movie that like, uh, you know, everybody's kind of like dead inside like you know Bruce Willis before he even. He doesn't die, but he's, like, kind of dead inside and kind of going through the motions. Mm-hmm. And Meryl Streep is kind of, like, sucking the life out of him. And, like, you can even see, like, when they open, when they cut seven years later, you see Bruce Willis, and he's, like, all drunk and, like, uh, just, like, laying on the floor. And then his side of the bed is not even made. Yeah, sleeping on the or, floor. That's right, his, his, his side of the bed was made, while Meryl Streep's side of the bed is, like, all cluttering. She has all that stuff on her face. And, like, she's like, oh, like, she had her bandity sleep or something. She's like so like into herself and you just kind of see the juxtaposition between the both of them and also in in the
0: point where she didn't notice that he didn't sleep there he had to ask like the maid or whatever that he oh he got up early and it's like no he didn't sleep here but she didn't notice that fact yeah she's so into herself she didn't realize that absolutely (laughs) and it says so much about the character
2: and just like that scene that five minute scene you get so much about the characterization and the state of the marriage And, you know, like a couple minutes ago, he saw him all gush over her like, oh, oh my God, Madeline. Like, you know, he was so excited. And uh, so it's, there's like so much going on with this movie and it's just, it's, uh, I love talking about it. Uh,
1: No, no, I know, I'm so sorry. The way you're describing, like, how fast the beginning of this movie is, I'm imagining, could you imagine if they just did all of it, like, in the style of Up with, like, a piano, and it's just, like, all the beginning of, like, I'm not going to love her, and then, like, wedding bells, and then, like, just going through, sorry. It was in my head, and it is a terrible idea, but also would be a hilarious YouTube video. It's like reverse (laughs) so it's, like,
2: down. It's, like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it totally is. It's like
1: that. (laughs) But, um... Oh man, like uh like uh, one thing that that shocked me in this movie was not only the, the looks and how they do those effects because holy crap. Um I I I really love the fact that this kind of made this whole dark demented little gothic comedy. Uh, uh I I said it before when when Josiah was saying uh, and like I was like there's a tone of this film that I love very much that we don't get to see very often. Like, I mean, I'm, I, we equated it a lot to Tim Burton movies, but it didn't still, like, you can de- definitely tell that it wasn't a Tim Burton movie because it does have its own tone. And I actually think I like this in this movie more than any Tim Burton film, in all honesty. Like, I really love this movie. Um, and I was so glad to rewatch it today. Um, but I don't know, it has this consistent, amazing tone that will like go off the rails for a little bit, but still feel comfortable. And then like just kind of go all over the place where a lot of Tim Burton films, I would say even some Robert Zemeckis movies, it's just kind of consistent. Like I would say Romancing the Stone is just, just kind of like this same movie the whole time. It doesn't really do anything, like, you know, it, it has, of course, a climax, but it all feels very familiar to what you're watching. And like, not, like every scene kind of feels like it's going like back to the same thing. I don't know.
0: I've I think I lot. think the fact that this is <laughs> <laughs> this is a comedy too is the more of the through line. Whereas Tim Burton, it's it's there's sometimes comedy in it, but it's usually more a, just a drama with his style. Even if it's yeah. not a heavy drama or anything, it's it's still usually a dramatic film with Tim Burton's style, or maybe an action film as in Batman. But this is very much a comedy, and then it's it's very dark. So the and visually yeah. and there's certain things that feel Tim Burtony. But it's 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 very much clearly its own thing. I, I like to me if I look at Robert Zemeckis' body of work, the film I would most equate it with is Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and it's very much you look look at that film. You have this bizarre cartoon extreme violence that's going on in that movie. And this movie takes that same idea and puts it in a makes it look very realistic. It's still super cartoony and absurd, but it's then very real, the way that her neck is twisted, the way the hole in Goldie Hawn's stomach is, those things, it's just the, the evolution of that, but a very real kind of looking version of that. So for me, it felt like, very much Roger Rabbit because Roger Rabbit's really a dark comedy if you really think oh, about God. it. So those two movies for me are the most oh, yeah. connected. Uh, maybe, I, I keep saying what universe is it in. This is the universe of frame Roger Rabbit, I guess. Well,
2: so, and, and I, all of them I are connected. Think, I think the reason why the supernatural elements work so much like the body, this morph, like the, you know, the neck thing and what it works really well is because you have 30, 40 minutes where it's so grounded in reality. Like you get to know these characters and, and you're willing to accept when it kinda of, whatever happens to them. And so, you know, and and all this like like that uh yeah, I think it's like forty minutes in is when Meryl Streep meets Lisa, uh, or Isabella Rossellini, and she gets a potion and you see the demonstration on her hand that her hand like gets the H pots away. And um, you know, she writes her a check. And uh and then you see so she looks in the mirror and you see like her boobs go up and her butt goes up and she's like, Oh, I'm a girl again and that weird like uh, that weird guy is like, like, you know, it's just like a weird, very quirky
0: thing. There's a moment before that that made the reality of the supernatural totally work for me. It's a very strange p- moment that sold me on this film in that regard. She comes in and she's in the middle of the hall and it's, she doesn't know where to go and then the elevator comes up and the doors open and the two dogs get off and they just walk down the hallway. <laughs> this big Doberman Pinscher dogs. Just go down the hallway. And that moment, yeah. I'm like, okay, this is just this, it's it's our world, but it's off. So therefore, yeah. I'm I buy it. Yeah, it's
1: it. a good little intro. Where you're just like, did those dogs program the, the, the elevator? Yeah, did they so like like what I like, what how did this happen? So, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's yeah, it's
2: so absurd. This,
1: this movie's so good. This movie is so brilliant.
2: And uh I like how. He didn't even notice what happened with her. Like he's so kinda of removed. He's like, Oh, did you change your mm-hmm. hair? Like <laughs> but she yeah. obviously looks younger and everything. And <laughs> uh and and oh man, what see I love the jokes in this movie. I think the the jokes are, like when uh when Helen and um when Helen and Ernest they're uh plotting how to kill Madeline, there's like these like long sweeping shots the camera pushes in and out, and they like have this elaborate plan of how to kill Madeline, with the, you know the rice, whatever that the, the I don't know what it is, but they have this whole sweeping plan, and they all you know talk back and forth, and they have they have it all set up. And basically, what happens is like they get into argument, and you know Marcellus was like teething on the stairs, and he just like pushes her with his finger, and she falls, breaks her neck. But I love that though; it's like all this build up, like hey, this is how it's gonna, this is how it's gonna be planned out. How we're gonna kill madeline and then oh this is what happens like it's just a simple push of the finger and she gets killed well i
1: I like how she's like also at like a 45 degree angle yeah she's teetering yeah yeah, for like like way
0: too long
2: (laughs) yeah it's very (laughs) cartoony she would either
0: totally got her balance or fell at that point but you're you're there in that (laughs) moment and you buy it because the movie sets it up so well
2: and i love it the first thing that you see your neck break you know and then uh, Bruce so looks good. like he runs over the phone and is like oh my god she's dead and Helen doesn't even care that she's dead she's like hey you didn't follow the plan that I
0: told yeah. you like
2: <laughs> what's going you didn't call the cop like it's not like there's like so dispassionate and I love how you in the back you kind of see her like get up and it's just like the staging and cinematography. So yeah, those too. those
0: that, that sequence you mentioned like the, the planning sequences and then the initial murder and then the shoot, like the all the stuff that goes on there, the way everything is set up because it has to be perfectly set up because of the visual effects involved, which at that time were really... Really challenging to do. What they achieved was really impressive. Because I was watching it, and I watched the I, I I didn't get the chance to rewatch the movie, but I rewatched that part just to kind of look at it again. And there's points where it's like a little bit floaty and things, but I'm I'm like telling myself this is 1992. This is where you know the Terminator 2 effect, probably what the year before with the T1000. That was a huge huge step, and then this was like the next big step. So I want to talk quickly about the VFX people because I this is a ch- ch- time where they really deserve credit. So the yes, VFX supervisor course. was Ken Ralston who goes back to Star Wars and then would later do like Spider-Man and become you know significant. The makeup was by Dick Smith who is more famous for like practical effects in The Godfather and Amadeus and things like that. So he mm. old like look at his credits. He's done every big dramatic movie, but those are kind of the famous ones and and then there's a there's a credit in here Special body effects designed and created by, and that's pretty impressive. That that what they did was enough that they they got credit specifically for what they did.
1: Yeah, Tom it's Wood- a whole new role.
0: Yeah, uh, Tom Woodruff Jr. and Alec Gillis. So those two guys, and uh, there's more people involved in the effects because it did win an Oscar for best best visual effects. Ken Ralston oh, won. I would have
1: been pissed if it did. Yeah, <laughs> along with Doug Chang,
0: uh, Douglas Smythe, and Tom Woodruff Jr. So the the t- the 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 combination of practical effects and digital effects, which is really the way films are made now, what you see. And and, and the, if you look, this is a, in terms of visual effects, it's really a precursor for what Peter Jackson would do in Lord of the Rings and combining practical effects and camera techniques and things with really impressive digital effects technology. This is yeah. really the first, one of the first movies to do it, particularly the first movie that is, it's just a comedy, no matter what. To have the put in, I you know it had a fifty five million dollar budget, and I am sure a huge budget part of that budget is the salaries of your, salaries of your leads in this case, and then the visual effects budget in term in that because I am sure it crossed a boatload to do those effects at that time, the computer effects in particular.
1: To connect this to connect this episode and what you are talking about with Alec Gillis to a past episode, um, Alec Gillis who did, who who got the credit for you know for doing the body stuff. Uh, is also the person who, uh, like, he's credited for Goro in the Mortal Kombat movie.
0: Oh wow! Didn't even realize oh, wow, it's that. Well
1: connected. Yeah, I just saw him on the, his. My uh, fa- yeah.
0: my single favorite thing about that movie by a mile. That, yeah, that's, that's that's
1: so crazy. Sorry, I'm sorry, Paul. I didn't mean to cut you off.
2: Oh no, it, it's interesting because the skin shaders used on Mill Streep's like neck and the bones. It's actually was used for the skin in like the Velociraptors, the T Rex, and stuff in Jurassic Park. So this mm-hmm. is all like a stepping stone. The
0: Jurassic Park and, and, and well, yeah, that would be ninety three. So you see ninety one, ninety two, ninety yeah, three. It's 93. All... It's kind of funny, like you said, that that's the stepping stone. but You don't often think of, or it's maybe forgotten by people in general, that this is a huge stepping stone in that evolution of uh, CG combined with practical effects that came later. As my Bluetooth yeah. earpiece is falling out of my ear. And
2: what I love about it is, like, the <laughs> acting is so good that it really, like, the special effects really enhance the acting choices. You know, well, like, mm-hmm. Mel Streep's neck is all the way the other way, and she's like walking down the stairs and, you know, trying to get the phone. And, like, it's like you totally sell the special effects because of the way, like, you know, Mel Streep's body mannerisms, of the way she's moving is very awkward. And she's like, you know, her body's facing this way, but her neck is the other way. And and also, uh, I love the shotgun scene because you see her, like, you see her uh, uh, Goldie Hunting pulled all the way across like into that
0: pool. Yeah, that was a hilarious moment. Yeah, that, that was like, amazing. That, that was there was maybe two or three moments that I laughed out loud and that was one of them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then like when when the uh she gets up like they're you know putting the tarp over and they're going to like, you know, bury the body of Death Valley. You see her get up and you see her face like right in front of the camera and she's like uh, spitting out water and you see like the both of Bruce Willis and Merser framed inside that hole. <laughs> in her body, yeah, <laughs> and like just like everything is staged so perfectly and so well. And uh, I even the scene after, uh, uh so Meryl, she's doing this thing with her pen, she's like playing with it, and she's like, What's going on here? Why is she alive? And then she recognizes, and so she goes, Oh, hey, you took the potion and and then but then she then there's a reversal and goldon says well like, you took the potion look at the pin and she's like oh i don't know what you're talking about i don't even need it like it's just such a good exchange <laughs> between the two yeah. of them but with the visual effects so it's all like it's all cohesive and it works so well together it's not like distracting or anything like the vfx like enhances the story and makes the character mm-hmm. drama like that much more robust
1: I I think because not only um, is this a great film and so well written, like what Josiah said, I, I agree. Like I mean, the bickering, the fighting, every single line in this movie, I think, is so well done. And not only is it so well written, but it's also so amazingly acted uh, by the, especially by those two. I, I really do think that this is one of those movies I actually can see myself rewatching like pretty frequently. Like I would say, maybe every four or five years, like just going back and watching it, and it looks unbelievable, all the effects, and again, I want to give them, uh, I really love their videos, I want to give them some credit, but I would definitely check out the Corridor crew uh, breakdown, where they talk about how they do some of these scenes, including the neck, the neck back, and also the big hole, and with Goldie Hawn coming out of the, uh, you know, out of that little fountain, so.
0: And just like elements (laughs) like that, adding that water in makes that that much more complicated. All these things, it's particularly that's complicated now, let alone at that time. That that just the great thing about the movie though is the visual effects serve the story. They're impressive, Mm -hmm. but they serve the story, and that's what's great. And what kind of jumping back a little bit to what Tyler was talking about when he mentioned the writing. One of the things that for me really stands out for this movie is every line feels useful and not wasted and not there just to be there everything Agreed. is it's funny and it also like serves the purpose of the story i just is really an impressive i, I really I, I like to do this a lot but when i'm impressed by watching the film then read the actual screenplay and try to find ideally a shooting script version or something that you can dig into and see the the rhythms of it there it's 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 its own beast but i feel the, there's not a wasted line in this movie
2: yeah. Agreed, and you know uh, what I love, I think it works so well as a comedy as, as well. And uh, what, see, the, the thing that always upsets me about comedies nowadays is he's just like, "Oh, hey, look at this. It's funny, right? Whoa!" But the thing about this <laughs> movie
0: is like, "I like that movie. That's a good movie.
2: Whoa, whoa. Yeah. comedy." But, <laughs> um, but like the thing about this one, I, I really whoa. <laughs> I just do that. <laughs> uh, Wacky Paul. Whoa. I'm wacky. I'm wacky. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but, you know, uh, so uh, I, I like the doctor scene so much because, like, she thinks with the doctor. She's obviously dead. He checks his, her temperature. And she's like, oh, you're below any. Uh, what? And you just see, like, the decline of the doctor. How he's just, like, he's, like, so confused. like, uh, she doesn't <laughs> a good have a heartbeat. Scene. So she, he throws a stethoscope in the trash, gets a bigger one, still doesn't have a heartbeat. And he's like, uh... I'm going to need a second opinion. So he goes over and, uh, and like, Madeline faints. And so Bruce's like, oh my God, I need to get a doctor. So he runs out and he can't find a doctor. And he eventually sees the one, uh, like, hospital room. And all the doctors are working on the doctor that was seeing Meryl Streep. And they went to the cardiac arrest. And then in the meantime, while that happened, somebody took Meryl Streep and put her in the morgue because she's, like, dead. She's clinically dead. So you have, like, all this setup all this elaborate setup, like, where's the doctor, all this, and you have the payoff where you see, like, the doctor dying of cardiac arrest, and then you see Meryl Streep, like, opening up, they open up in the body bag, and, uh, and it's weird, it's like, how much, even though they hate each other so much, it's like, Bruce Willis is consoling her, and it's like, it's okay, we'll figure this out, I know you're dead, but we'll figure this out, and, you know, this is a miracle, and, like, the lightning flashes in the, in the, in the, in the aviary or whatever on the top it's like it's like everything's like perfectly staged set up payoff and that's what I love about this movie it's like everything's like even the um, when Madeline and Helen are trying to uh, get them to drink that um, drink the scotch laced with that the the roofies or whatever it is and because they wanted to like take the potion too and you know that set up from previously when they did that they set up that whole uh uh, plan of how to kill Madeline, you know. And so you know that this is what they're doing. And he's, when you see him, like, spill a lot of it, and, it, and it's like, oh, my God, you've see, seen the plan, like, you know, fail. Uh, and then he, like, gets hit with a vase, and he's like, oh, yeah, Madeline, what? Like, nothing, like, he's just used to that kind of emotional abuse. And then he almost falls down the stairs, and then they grab him. And I don't know, it's just, like, so great. It's just, like, so... It's a fun movie, and
1: really yeah. worked, and I love it. I, You know, actually, while you were talking about the hospital scene, you mentioned this before, but I actually want to change on what you had said. You said that this reminded you of a lot of a 30s, uh, 30s dramas, or just 30 films. I actually am now thinking from like the events and how fast everything kind of goes in the hospital, and actually really kind of throughout the entire film, it's very Marx Brothers-y where like everything's just going by really, really fast and it's like really really ridiculous and really over the top like obviously you know well, like I somebody think, yeah, is in like the morgue screwing her it's that screwball
0: yeah. comedy genre kind of thing so yeah the Mar- and the march brothers well, i think fall into that I just yeah, that yeah like, and so it has
2: a very like soap opera feel to it as well like how everybody's very dramatic and they hate each other and they're you know like it's so escalated but also, it's it's in a way, it's kind of like a precursor, to like Arrested Development and a lot of the other TV comedies, where they do the oh, jump I agree cut. With that. You know, the jump cut to like a plan, and then it fail. You know, like it's it's yeah. so this movie is like it's a, it's like a forgotten gem, but it's like so influential in in like it it inspired you know like the visual effects in Dark Comedy, Jurassic yeah. Dark. Uh, as far as comedies, it's, it's amazing. Um, and one movie in particular that I was thinking like, what movie? Does this inspire? It totally inspires Forrest Gump, which came out in '94, because these characters you're chronicling their whole life, like the whole um, interaction between the three of them, and how like Bruce Willis is being pulled apart by both of them, you know, as he's married to one, then married to another. But you see the whole life from when they're like in their late twenties all the way till after death, and so it's like you're chronicling the whole life of all these three people, and uh, it's interesting how. Like the disdain and hatred of Helen and and uh, and Madeline, like that's what they thrive off of, and Bruce Willis is like the pawn that they play against each other, and and, and in the meantime, like they suck the life out of him based on the interaction they have with Bruce Willis. Um, but yeah,
0: I mean, I, I... So Goldie Hawn is Lieutenant Dan.
2: Yeah, I'm so confused,
0: but yeah, <laughs> yeah no. I, I think, mean, But I, I think I, in, I, I'll say this too: like, there's definitely a parallel because Zemeckis obviously did Forrest Gump, and the effects that he used here definitely were then the bar was even raised with oh, that, specifically oh with Lieutenant God. Dan and with uh, the JFK. historical inst- inserting oh. him into the historical scenes with Forrest. Those oh, things it, it pushed things for sure in that absolutely. regard, thousand percent. By, like compositing absolutely. the
2: face onto. You know, and changing the lips and everything. That was like, you know, what they kind of did here, but in different...
0: Because I think structurally, words. they're very different movies. Because this this movie, even though it does chronicle a fairly long period of time, it's like, it's here briefly in the past, and then it's... The present is, yeah. you know, 1990, I, I, the, whole point, the whole point of the movie is. is
1: for them to be eternally young. So yeah. for them to not do a long span of time, that would be a really weird movie. Yeah, and then jump... <laughs> like, was i was it? Live forever, and, and the jumped, movie thir- takes place in jumped, three like, days. It like
0: 37 years later, <laughs> which would be... It's like six years from now I think I did the math and yeah. I forget <laughs> it'd be like 2026 or something like that 2027
2: <laughs> but yeah I mean oh man I mean, the, I, thing, I... the thing I like is that he's really good at world building like there's this whole world of outside of these characters and you're just you know watching a snapshot of these, of these characters' life and even though the snapshot is like under 50 years or something like that uh, you know it, it's, it's like it's just I mean I, I love the fact that They go to his funeral, and he's, like, 80, like, he dies. And they're, like, yeah, you know, at 50, nobody really, before 50, nobody really knew anything about him. But, yeah, he's a funny guy. Like, people, he's inspired so many different people He became, like, this famous doctor. And he, like, he's an adventurer, and he's a funny guy, and all this stuff. And, like, you didn't see that when he was with them. Like, they just sucked the life out of them. And it's just, like, an interesting concept to have in a dark comedy it's like this whole like uh you know marriage as a way of like uh what was like a parasite like it's like this it's just such an interesting movie i i I just i love
0: so since we're at that point we're talking about the end and you mentioned marriage i am married and i didn't watch the whole movie with judy but i watched probably the the last half of it with her she was busy working and then kind of joined me to watch the rest of it but as she said she that's what i said she'd seen it before and she's kind of like doing other stuff is watching it, but she kind of stopped at that sequence because the end very end of that movie when they then leave the 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 chapel. And walk down the stairs and they're fighting with each other and they fall (laughs) and completely essentially explode and are in pieces all over the floor. Judy and I both were, again, actually laughing out loud at that moment. It was so wonderful and hilarious and the perfect cap for that movie, the perfect way to just... Ended and it was yeah. just so hilarious. They fully so hilarious. lost
1: Bruce Willis and now they fully lost like everything, yeah, like everything literally went to pieces. They were yeah, like, and,
0: and, and Bruce, in the, you know, that that t- like the the movie has a, a in a way, its own kind of the joke is the twist ending is they want eternal life, but Bruce Willis found a way to achieve eternal life by investing in other people around him. So it's like, <laughs> yep. the twist is the joke's on them. That yeah. they're just awful and stay yep. awful and continue <laughs> to be awful and don't get it no matter what happens. And they then literally fall apart at the steps of the church at Bruce Willis's funeral where people are all uh, grieving and, and celebrating him. Yeah, they're like
2: hollow inside, like mannequins, you know? Because if you look inside the book, there's like nothing. There's just gray. Yeah. And like it's. And then the paint also the symbols with the, the paints, you know, they're always applying paint and it's chipping. And I like when she took a veil. And it's like, just like, <laughs> grotesque. And
0: then, yeah. And then, of course, what? we didn't talk about before that, where Bruce Willis refused to take the potion because he didn't want to then be stuck with them forever. Exactly. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, <that's> a, <laughs> that, that was that's such a significant point. moment because that's where the moment where he turns. Because at that point, it's like he's he he could just he's almost just as awful as them. Is he? We don't uh-huh. know, but almost. And that's the moment where oh, okay, he's the good guy in this movie.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I like how and even like Isabella Rosalie, she's like so surprised she's like, wait, what? Uh what? Like she was so confused. Yeah. And oh, uh, I just yeah. yeah, this movie gives you warm, fuzzy feelings inside, even though it's like dark and <laughs> Oh yeah. It's it's
1: it's it's silly, it's silly and dark at the same time, which kind of makes you Feel happy and, and like,
2: you know, it well, again, a comedy. But so. I mean, like, for me, like, I grew up with this movie, so it's like, of course, weirdly a part of my childhood. So I kind of have a weird perspective oh, you, on this. You could say that it's one of the movies that made you. It is.
1: Oh, it is. Wow. It is
2: a movie that made me. There you go.
1: And on that note, I think this is a good uh, spot for us to, uh, to end on this film before we fall apart. And, uh but yeah, you guys, final thought for me love this film. I can't wait to revisit it. Uh, Groundbreaking. Great. Uh, What about you? And also, Josiah, where can they find you as you give your final thought?
0: I'll go first, Paul. You'll have your turn, buddy. (laughs) 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 For me, the final thought is just uh, I I think I said most, even I had like, I always have asterisks in my notes of things that I most want to say. And I I hit all of them today. So that's a good thing. And I don't always because we... There's so much ground to cover. So I just watch the movie. It's really, really worth watching on multiple levels. It's just an enjoyable movie as a movie. Plus all the visual effects things and... Just watch it. That's really it. You can find me on YouTube and Instagram and other places, uh, Twitter, as Josiah is right, W R I T E. So be sure to find me. And uh, I haven't mentioned this in a couple of previous episodes, I've been forgetting. Subscribe here and subscribe to my channel over there, and you will be. Uh, and that, make sure you comment on on this video or any of our Potmosis mm-hmm. videos, and you will be entered to win a T-shirt. So be sure to do that, and you could win a free T-shirt. We are gonna yeah. give away our first one from season one very soon, and then we'll be giving away one for season two. And we're gonna give away at least three shirts for sure: one of Josiah's yeah. right, one of Potmosis, and one of the Gathering in general. So be sure Yay. to subscribe to both of our channels here at the Gathering and me over at Josiah is right.
1: Don't miss out, or we'll come after you. And you're breaking into pieces. I'm kidding. Oh, I'm not threatening oh, anybody. Sorry. I love everybody.
2: No, that was real. It was, that was real it, that it was. It was sincere, dark. It right. was dark. Like Dark. Film, yeah. dark Air, oh man. Yeah,
0: death became um, this me. movie. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so yeah. Uh, as for me, my father, I I uh, highly recommend it. I give it a juxtapizuki or whatever the fuck term I made it's, Yeah. It's,
0: it's a great. delicious
2: movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. Um, I I you know I love it. Um, there's no, it's kind of like a. Yeah, it's like a forgotten classic and like they don't really make movies like this anymore, you know, like the good dark comedies mm-hmm. that are well acted and it's just like it's a relic of time. So they didn't really yourself... Yeah, even yeah, even then I th- like it wasn't really that profitable according to production information. Which is so strange um, to me, but Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 uh, unfortunate, but um, yeah, it's 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 an ama- it's an amazing movie. I recommend it. Um and you can find me um, oh, Instagram at Arcade Blackfire. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Paul well, Paul's like, who am I and where am I? Am just... I? No, Death I'm like, I like in a had a flashback
2: Paul. of this movie. Like I was thinking, because I, for some reason I don't know why I thought of this, but it this movie kind of like the the satire about the the wealthy kind of reminded me a little bit of Knives Out, which came out like two thousand nineteen. There's a similarity with <sighs> that, so I was thinking of that. Love that movie. And then. In my mind, I was thinking of uh, Breaking Bad, you know, and Walter White's, like, growth. It goes, growth, decay, and then transformation. Like, that's really much the arc of all three of them. There's growth, decay, and then transformation. And I I love that uh, theme, you know. And and so I was thinking about Breaking Bad and that term. So, there you go. I'll shut up. (laughs) Watch this this Um, fucking movie. It's great. (laughs) Take us out, Tyler
1: thank you for listening in and thank you for watching and if you are watching on youtube please subscribe and like the video if you subscribe to the channel we have so many other podcasts and so much more plans for potmosis and also um yeah like if you can follow find this on itunes spotify and everything as well if you want to listen to this as well uh please also follow us on facebook instagram twitter and everything else join our discord i'm on twitch and yeah Music has been provided by Carlisle Laurent. Have a wonderful week. Wear a mask and GGG.
0: What's on the silver screen? I think you wouldn't believe
2: Grand Gathering.